welcome to the ASSP Safety Standards and Tech Pubs podcast. This week, we continue our conversation with Todd Grover, former member of the Z244 committee, to discuss how safety professionals can use the ANSI ASSP Z244.1 standard to help protect workers from the release of hazardous energy. Now, as I mentioned, you're a former member of the Z244 committee on the Lockout Tag on Alternative Methods for Controlling Hazardous Energy Standard, which establishes requirements for controlling hazardous energy through various methods. And I wonder if you could speak to the standard itself, how it addresses that issue and some of the different methods and best practices safety professionals can utilize to help prevent incidents from occurring. Sure. Um, let's go through a, a couple of the, the sections in the order that they're in sure. the standard. Okay. Um, what comes to mind is um, Section 5, which is about the design of machinery. Um, if you follow the latest uh, Z244 2016 version and ask that your machinery be built to Section 5 re- design requirements, mm-hmm. you're going to get a machine from your supplier that is built to be locked out. It's going to be very convenient and easily accessed in terms of the energy isolation points. And you will also receive information from that manufacturer on when it should be locked out, for what tasks. Okay. They will not write your lockout procedure for you, but they will tell you what has to be controlled in order for the machine to be locked out. They're also supposed to assess the, the risks of doing tasks where full lockout cannot be applied. And that's a big deal these days sure. because with highly complex and especially um, uh, data-driven machinery, many times you cannot fully lock out a machine and perform key tasks to keep it operational. Mm -hmm. And this is the case more and more with sophisticated equipment and machinery. So um, Design Section 5 does a wonderful job of getting you a whole lot more information as a safety professional than you've ever had before. And it helps you prepare that machine to go online and be safe to work with from day one when it starts up and goes into production. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, So uh, the other thing that we point out is if you're shopping for machinery and you see it's built to Z244 design section Mm five standards, you know what you're going to get. Okay. And that is a feather in the cap of companies that want to build in a very proactive sure, sure. manner and then offer their um, um, well-protected equipment on mm-hmm. the marketplace as okay. a value add. Okay. okay? Um, the next section is uh, section six, which is about the hazardous energy control program. And I'll tell you, Scott, I have to emphasize this area because um, if you don't have a plan for how your people are going to effectively function and apply lockout, what does success look like? If it's not depicted in a written program, then how will you know if you're on track sure. or not? That's a okay. um, so I think there's a lot of really good guidance on what an effective plan looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, how to um, get people um, involved at different levels, their responsibilities. Um, how do we handle key activities like working with contractors? Big exposure. Mm-hmm. Sure. for these hazardous energy um, accidents. How do we, for instance, uh, transfer control of a lockout between an incoming shift and an outgoing shift okay. so that the machine 
continues to be repaired, but we don't mm-hmm. compromise safety as right. we hand off. Everybody on yeah. on the next shift yeah. knows that this machine's yeah. been locked out and that shouldn't be operated on Absolutely. until then. Okay. Yeah. Your written program will lay out what you should be doing in terms of lockout procedures. Mm-hmm. And again, while a program is your game plan for how this is going to run, um, your plays are the lockout procedures specifically for the machines. Okay. So with properly prepared people working from a well-designed program, any machine is lockable if you've got the procedures to follow. Mm-hmm. Part of that is um, showing people how the procedures work and helping them go through in, in hands-on experience how to apply these lockout procedures and how to test the machine to make sure you got to zero energy. Okay. A lockout program also really should get into training aspects. And many times that is given very um, short um, attention. You know, it's enough to say, uh, yeah, I'm going to have my people lock out, so I'll put them in a classroom for an hour, I'll, I'll tell them about <laughs> my program, and then I'll, I'll, you know, wish them luck and send them out there. Right. A lot of accidents are happening to people who um, are ill-prepared to do the work. Mm-hmm. Now... OSHA just issued in the month of November a new initiative for temporary workers related to lockout tagout. And it says that there is a definite responsibility of the staffing company to prepare their people mm-hmm. for lockout if they're going into an environment where right. they know Make it's Make sure they're properly hard. equipped to know yeah. what to do. Okay. And for the host company to share those key things about their operating environment with the temporary people before they put them out mm-hmm. into the workplace. Um, that lack of communication, that lack of training is what's led to a disproportionate number of accidents. Mm-hmm. And it's something that um, OSHA's are going to be carefully looking at. So. If there is a cause for an ocean inspection and it's determined you have temporary workers, that will be something that they look at. Did you have communication with the staffing agency? Is there site-specific information that was provided to the temp worker? And were they trained before they were put into um, hazardous exposures? Okay. Okay. So all that aspect of your plan comes under Section 6 program. Okay. Section 7 gets into a lot of the details. It will talk about what what procedures should look like, what are the content in there, um, how should we pr- test these procedures to make sure they're effective, mm-hmm. and, and, and it will specify that these procedures should be tested every time they're applied because human error means if you skipped a step uh, and, and you test, you'll see that there's still energy in the machine. Mm-hmm. If you don't test... You've just set yourself up sure, for an accident sure. to occur. Okay? <laughs> There's some new things that went into Section 7, such as um, our expectation that you would have a management of change program. Okay. Uh, management of change says before a machine is installed or moved from one location to another in a factory, we've looked at what has to be accounted for in terms of hazardous energy control, mm-hmm. and we've made sure that procedures are updated and people are properly trained. So that when the machine starts up for the first time in its new location, people are um, aware of what needs to be done to control it. So management of change and document control is a big part of this new section. Okay. Okay. Um, on and on. But I would sure. have to say the biggest part of the ANSI standard that we put so much effort into is Section 8, 
which is about alternative methods mm-hmm. to controlling hazardous energy when lockout cannot be applied. Okay, alternatives to lockout and tagout. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, what we've recognized is, you know, OSHA does have an exception to lockout for routine, repetitive uh, tasks that are integral to production. <clears throat> But there's been a lot of problems with that in the, the form of people not determining what those alternative methods need to be. So okay. an example I would give you is um, in class I tell you, hey, if it's routine, repetitive, and integral to production, you can use an alternative method other than lockout. Now you go out on the floor and you decide, well, this is routine and repetitive. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna do it this way. I don't have to lock out. Right. Well, when the accident happens, the citation is for failure to lock out, but the idea was the training set this mm-hmm. person up to make assumptions. Right. So if I have an alternative method, the ANSI standard is intended to sh- give you a methodology to say, I've assessed this task, I know the risks associated with it, mm-hmm. the control measures I've put in place are sufficient that the alternative method is essentially equal or to lockout in that if I do the alternative method correctly, the machine will not suddenly start up or release energy, mm-hmm. and that is the same level as lockout. So the alternative methods section is very much about this documentation process. How do you analyze machinery? You know, How do you justify an alternative mm-hmm. method? Um, if it's just on the sake of convenience because I don't want to lock out or it takes too much time, um, it says no. No, lockout's going to be required. Lockout is the <laughs> right. fallback. But let's examine that. Like, for mm-hmm. instance, um, part of the justification analysis says I can't get a aerial lift and get up to reach the valves in the ceiling. Okay. That's why we're not locking out. And what the alternative methods documentation would then have you do is install valves at floor level that would be easily reachable and take away that objection. Mm-hmm that it's physically too difficult to right. work out. The first thing we do is we um, look at tasks. What tasks are rated to be difficult or impossible to lock out? Then we justify those tasks and we, we decide, um, is it feasible to use an alternative method? If so, let's go into the risk analysis portion. Let's decide what we're gonna do and make sure that what we apply is going to bring the exposure down to mm-hmm a very safe level in order to get the job done. A high degree of interest has been shown in control reliable safeguarding systems. These are control reliable dual channel redundant systems that um, go way beyond your basic interlock, your basic light curtain. They are constantly scanning themselves, they are checking to make sure that If a fault condition is in place, such as I've opened a door on a machine that's got a basic interlock, okay, not knowing that the maintenance man bypassed that interlock during his last maintenance, and the machine's not going right now, so when I open the door, I think I'm safe. I reach in there, start doing my work, but the machine machine keeps on, okay? (laughs) You look at a Category 3 or 4 interlock system, and... It is monitoring the condition of that. If it was bypassed, the machine wouldn't be able to start up in the first place. Mm-hmm. It's going to signal that there's a problem, and the machine is always going to fail in a safe condition. 
So what we look at, in, in addition to the documentation method, is the idea that engineering controls, such as a highly reliable control system that will sense the presence of people and not let the machinery run, mm -hmm. is higher in value than an administrative control, which is basically getting people to behave in the manner you want them. Sure. Okay? Okay. That's what a lockout program is. I've got a program that says, this is how I want you to behave. I've written you procedures that says, this is how I want you to behave. Mm -hmm. But it's up to you to apply those the way I want you to. Did you do it consistently every single time? Mm -hmm. Or were you in a hurry too. today? Right. Okay? Because that may say, today, I just didn't have time. And mm -hmm. today, we have the accident. But that engineering control, it's going to work every single right. time mm -hmm. exactly the way it was designed. And if anything would happen to it, it's going to signal its right. deficiency and it's not allowed mm -hmm. to allow the machine to be operated until okay. it's fixed. Sure. So that would be the principle behind highly reliable control systems. Mm -hmm. um, so Section 8, a lot of interest has been shown in this because so much new sophisticated equipment um, requires alternative methods to get some of the tasks done, is equipped with highly control reliable systems mm -hmm. already, or is retrofittable with control reliable okay. systems to get that level of protection in place. But Section 8 is very much about the documentation of alternative methods okay. and the risk assessment process to assure we've established equivalency to lockout. Okay. That, that was all really interesting. That was kind of leads into my yeah. my next question about you know what what is a good guideline for determining the best solution for mm -hmm. a piece of machinery? All uh, you know all machinery is different, and as such, it might require different safeguards. So, what are the best ways for safety professionals to know that they're putting the right controls to keep workers safe from hazardous energy? I mean, when yeah. does it really come down to finding what is your acceptable level of risk? Well, you know, I think what we should consider is is this. ANSI Z244 has always been about lockout. And despite the efforts to document alternative methods, it remains in its most recent release in 2016. It's about lockout. So the foundation that a safety professional has got to understand is there needs to be a lockout procedure for each machine being serviced. Mm -hmm. You can't just say... Um, forget the lockout, we're just going to do it all with alternative methods. Because any time you start to get into complicated work where you're disassembling things and, and time is not above the essence, there's no justification not to lock out. Mm -hmm. Even though you've got great control systems on the machine, you still lock it out because you've got the time. You're not trying to preserve any kind of function. Mm -hmm. You're physically working with the, the configuration of the machine. Okay, So it's very important that we have lockout as a basis. Now when I design my alternative method, I can look at my lockout procedure and say, hey, I have six sources of energy and three of them have residual energy mm -hmm. I need to consider. That's nine sources of energy. Right. <laughs> and before I write an alternative method, I need to consider each one of those. What could hurt the worker? And what am I going to do in place of lockout to protect them? Mm -hmm. And what we may find is, out of those six sources of energy... We only need one of them to do right. the task we right. need to. So we'll lock out five, and we'll we'll release the, the residual energy, you know, wherever we can. And for that one source of energy we have to work with, 
that's what we'll try to design our control measure to. Mm -hmm. um, it may be using guarding, it might be reach-in tools or barriers or PPE or there's any number of strategies that is laid out in good detail in Z244 okay. that gives you your options. Okay. Um, but the main thing is start with lockout as a foundation, mm -hmm. justify those things that you need to do where you can't lock out, and then use the ANSI methodology to determine what you're going to do instead and create the work instruction that you teach the person you allow to do an alternative method, mm -hmm. the company's right way of doing it. It's okay. not up to the individual to decide. Sure. Right, right. You need mm -hmm. to provide them the alternative method that you would allow them to use in place of lockout under the right mm -hmm. conditions. Okay. Uh, along those lines, you, you spoke about this a little bit, but that lockout providing the foundation, I wonder where tag out fits in with that is it you know kind of as you said just in those situations where lockout is not feasible uh, just as in terms of uh, as far as the standards concerned where where tag out fits in with the standard itself you know tag out um, it, when it comes to alternative procedures has a place um, let's say that um, I need to frequently cycle a valve in order to determine if a device is working properly. Okay. If I decide not to lock out because it's going to take too long on to lock it on, lock it off, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. back and forth. Right. And I tag it. First of all, everybody around me needs to understand what a tag means, so that's the requirement. Mm -hmm. But now what that will allow me to do is shut the valve with my tag on it, go do what I have to do to see if it's right. I'll now pressurize the system and see if my device works with the, mm -hmm. and I can immediately shut it off again. I'm not applying a lock every single time. I'm relying on the tag out. Okay. But there's a couple things here. I didn't do something upstream, right, as mm -hmm. the additional method. So I got to calculate the risk of what pressure is in the system. How do I make sure that this thing doesn't actuate, you know, while I'm doing my fine tuning mm -hmm. on it? Right. Okay. So tag out is a warning device. It can be also considered um, a placard, for instance, do not operate sure. men at work. Mm -hmm. You have an obligation to not only come up with these control measures, but to train other people in the workforce right. as to what methods are in place so mm -hmm. they recognize them and they respect right. them. And, and honestly, um, if I was in a power plant where I had highly skilled workers that were around forever and um, my training could be high quality. I might be more comfortable using tag out applications mm -hmm. than I would be in a um, you know a assembly plant where there's a high degree of turnover, lots right. of temporary right. workers. You know where you go. As much as I think this is sufficient, mm -hmm. there's there's just too many people right. here that don't know what's going mm -hmm. on, and that may be the judgment that you sure. use to 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 not consider that to be right. an acceptable alternative sure method. so you've really got to think about the knowledge of the workforce and right. how prepared the, are they right to use the information you've given them okay okay i think that's uh that covers all my questions any other final thoughts well you know with all due respect to the osha law mm -hmm. it is a challenging one to follow mm -hmm. um it demands a lot of individuals safety professionals 
And I, I know that it's very hard for safety professionals to have their eyes on everything. Sure. Because there's a whole lot more than lockout going on in these workplaces. Mm-hmm. So a couple things. Um, one, I would recommend that safety professionals get a team of people together that they can count on so that the front line of lockout going well in the workplace is in the supervisors and the, the leadership out there that on a day-to-day basis can be resources and eyes on the program. Okay. If it's not living and breathing, it's probably not protecting people. Okay. And then another aspect I think that needs to be taken in consideration is the workplace constantly evolves. Sure. And so a good training program um, keeps workers updated as to what is being modified. Mm-hmm. Is new machinery coming in with new procedures? Have we modified a part of the program? Is there a contractor coming on site that's going to be doing some particular work? So short and detailed training is very well received by adults rather than every year what we call lockout training is going into the classroom and watching the same video. Right. Okay. Lockout training does not need to be repeated unless there's deficiencies noted. So look at this as being a progressive opportunity to say, I'm going to invest in good training to start off with, get my people off Mm -hmm. to a good start, and I'm going to keep them updated. When I see them doing something right, I'm going to compliment them. And when I see them doing something wrong, I'm going to coach them, I'm going to get them right, and I'm going to point out what risks they were taking they didn't need Mm -hmm. to. That's a good idea. That's yep. a very good so point. that everybody goes home at the end of the right. day in one piece. I think that's a great note to close on. You got it. All right. Thank you very much again, Todd, for joining me today. And if you'd like to learn more about the Z244.1 standard or other anti-ASSP standards, visit ASSP.org standards. We'll see you next time.